Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask before helping others. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak about sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson. And for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. On today's episode, we are talking about sex work. And I have the pleasure of having Fortis um, back on the line so we could just discuss this issue in detail. How are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing fabulously. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful day. Uh, I want to take a nap though, but other than that, it is great. It doesn't feel so hot outside, which I appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit cloudy, and it feels good inside. So I will have to say, it all in all, it's a very beautiful day. It's a very beautiful day. Um, so sex work actually before going to that um do you mind reminding everybody about you know just a brief intro of who you are what you do and stuff like that just so that they can get a feel for you okay hey how y'all doing my name is Fortis, and once again i would like to give a great pleasure to um reintroducing the one and only podcast um slater jackson and his amazing work and what he has done to contribute to allowing people to sexually express themselves. But I do work, I'm currently a student who's trying to work towards getting their master's. But I also just took out the time and trying to, I guess, find myself on this journey, on this sexual journey, but also self-love journey. So I think it's a great pleasure and a great thing to be a, be amongst this. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. We happy to, we're very happy to have you with us. So, sex work, the thing that I am low-key a part of, but not also a part of, but really I am a part of, but we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about that, but we are going to end up talking about that. I'm just confusing the fuck out of everybody because, <laughs> hey, shit be confusing. Um, right. <laughs> one of the things that we, uh, before we even, uh, well, while we were drafting up this episode, we were just talking about our admiration of sex workers and uh, our appreciation towards those who are in that field. Uh, would you like to share some of that sentiment with everybody about just how you are grateful or just how you admire what they do in their contributions to um, your life? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I do feel like sex work is very, un- is overconsumed, but it's also underappreciated. And what I mean by that is many times people don't really give them enough credit for what they're doing. 
honestly speaking, people are like to demean them, like to objectify them that to people in that profession. And I think it's not very much fair when, you know, humans themselves, this this whole profession has started since the dawn of civilization. And I think people have to respect the whole thing behind sex work. Yes, sex work can be can be very objectifying. It can be to some extent. But the overall objective of sex itself is to seek pleasure and ecstasy and enjoyment of being a human overall. It's a form of a relief. It's a form of relief. And that's one of the things that I do appreciate people who have taken out the time and actually allowing people to do that. So I do think people really need to respect sex workers and the profession that it is because it's not really an easy profession to be in. So that's one of the things I do want to reiterate. But also, I think another thing that I want to talk about is that besides the sex workers, I think we need to discuss the consumer part of it. Because I think they are the ones that are not talked about. The mo- they're not talked about often. Mm, that's a good point, right there. What about the consumers? Let's talk about it. Yes. Yeah, so, as a matter of fact, so there's there's many things I have learned over the past few years. Now, what's crazy is that many sex workers are under scrutiny about what they do for a living, mm-hmm. and it's not right whether they're a male, a woman, a, a man, or a woman or wherever you identify as. But what's very interesting is that many people who set the same people who actually criticize them are the same people who actually support their work, yet they objectify them and make them feel less than where they are. Mm. It's dehumanizing in a way because many of the consumers themselves feel as if they feel guilty. It's a guilty pleasure for them. Mm-hmm. So they don't like the fact that they are actually attracted or they have that level of desire for something that they feel like is taboo. And I think a lot of times that what people don't realize that consumers are among our very worst. They're worse than sex workers because they are enabling certain things to happen. This is one of the main reasons why it's very important that we oftentimes be aware of what we surround ourselves with because oftentimes consumers are what has created an unsafe environment for the sex workers. Mm. Many times they have these undesirable fetishes and it's not very good for anyone. It really compromises the whole thing of sex itself. That's why I think another thing, it was very important to discuss this because a lot of people don't realize that consumers of sex, they are oftentimes the problem within this industry. It's not the sex workers. Sex workers are only doing what they're doing best. They're providing a service, and that's completely fine and dandy. There's there's nothing wrong with that. But when you have consumers that are in place and they ask for these certain things, and then on top of that, they don't respect them, that's when it becomes a huge issue. This is where you end up getting high crime rates, where sometimes some of them are often killed. Some people are raped and everything to that nature, especially within the LGBTQA plus community, and then it happens to women as well. So I think it needs to be discussed more often because people don't really take out the time to really penalize to penalize the consumers of sex work. Mm. They are so quick to play the blame game on to set the sex workers themselves when quite frankly, it's the consumer that has to take full some accountability of it. I'm with you 100%. I think often um, back to, um, you know, just in terms of sex trafficking um, victims where you have, um, you know, the pimp, the John or um, the whoever, you know, you have the person who's in control of 
um, that individual in selling their body for uh, their own personal profit. And um, whenever uh, someone who is um, being sex trafficked is arrested, um, they have a rap sheet and it's not as though that they're going after the pimp in any way. It's not that they're going after um, the John. They're not going after their trick. They're not going after the person who was paying for the sex. They're going after the person who uh, was being sex trafficked. Now, mm -hmm. this is not to say that some um, like police precincts are not actually focusing on getting the pimps out of, uh, you know, going after the pimps, because that does happen. That mm -hmm. definitely does happen. But you don't see too much of that, because uh, in the culture that we're in, we blame the victim quite often. We're going to place all of the hardship and accountability on the person who's being trafficked rather than the person who's trafficking them or the person who's um, um, buying that product, from buying those services, buying this individual for their own personal needs. Uh, and like you said, this does lead to more rapes. This does lead to more murders, especially for those individuals who have, who are on the extreme sick side of um, the taboo when it does come to bodily injury and um, non-consensual acts and whatnot. Um, and it, they're sex workers in general are very unprotected. And when you have trafficking within that realm, it's extremely unprotected because they don't have anybody who's, they don't have systems in place to protect them until we actually take part and think about ways of building that system so that they have the proper protections, um, be it if you are someone who's doing OnlyFans or if you are someone who's being trafficked, finding ways to free those individuals to make sure that they have their resources to make sure that the people who were trafficking them have no way of getting in touch with them, um, making sure that their families are protected, all of these things, until we're willing to sit down and draft up those um, plans to put that system in place, sex workers in general will forever be unprotected. And that's a problem. Uh, and, <laughs> and when you think about when it comes to um, what we download or view on uh, social media in terms of consuming in that way, you it, it tends to make a trend of what people uh, want to see. If um, mm -hmm. the system see, if, um, now I want to say system, the algorithm sees that these, um, I, it's the incest fetish thing that I, I'm personally referring to where certain people, even though the individuals within those, um, within the video may not be related in any way, but they have the captions, oh, I'm uh, sleeping with my mom's boyfriend my, or my dad's uh um, girlfriend or my sister, my brother, my cousin, all these things. Uh, and because that is being looked at so frequently, you get a lot more of that, which means it becomes a marketing strategy, which means that's a way to get your content out there because this is what people are craving or what they're searching for. And it's just like, we, we should be working towards shifting that system so that we're not, or shifting that algorithm so that um, we're not fetishizing uh, or even uh, overly sexualizing the act of incest because that's essentially what's going on. And that 
particular example, or even when it comes to highly aggressive sexual acts. Um, like I, I think about that video on um, that I saw on Instagram about the woman who was talking about how the language that we use referring to sex impacts our sexual experiences from like, you know, people saying, oh, I want somebody beat this pussy up. I want you to pound the fuck out of me and all this other stuff and how that contributes to people being having more rough sex and with having more rough sex and not actually tending to the uh, person's uh, actual desires or needs or they think that all individuals want to have rough sex or be pounded want that uh, extremely aggressive partner you have a lot more situations where a person's sexual experience may be a lot more violent and that was not the original intent but that's because they they have that belief that all women want to have their um vaginas pounded or uh even on the flip side all bottoms want to have their assholes pounded or uh whatever <laughs> motherfuckers mm. getting shit pounded essentially um but like those kinds of messaging is impacted by what we consume uh and i think that's also a flaw in education in terms of um opening up that space to have those conversations that not everybody wants this. This is a time to have a conversation on what sexual interest might be. Um, and just, you know, going off of that. Oh, yes. You said everything that needed to be said. And I honestly agree with you on that. The media has a very invasive way of uh, affecting people's eyes and what they consume. And I will say that I have been a witness to that and I oftentimes have been a person that has been subjected to certain things that has happened. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. And I oftentimes have been a person that has been subjected to certain things that has happened. I will give you a brief thing, a brief story on this person I have met. Mm -hmm. So there was a guy, he was very off-putting. So he was actually in an open relationship. He was in a married, in a married relationship but both couples were both individuals were, were aware that one person was seeking another person basically mm -hmm. now i understand and respect that but there was a lot of discrepancies within the relationship now i from my understanding i will be quite frank with you these particular people were white now they're a white gay couple and they said they have not had any kind of relations with black men in general so they had just mentioned that they were more interested i guess with dealing with black men I said, okay, understandable. And I just wanted to see what, where their mind was at because oftentimes I have encountered certain people who have demonstrated certain kind of 
movements in certain kind of ways towards black people in general. And unfortunately, it was one of those situations. Mm. Now, while the while the one party, they were very open, they were very calm, they were quiet, they were very polite, they were extremely respectful towards me. This other person has expressed, how can I say it? Because when I think back in retrospect, it was hella disrespectful. Mm. So this guy, I quote, this is what he said. He said that he would like me be in his apartment and be the housemaid, be the be a guy, be a houseboy. Mm. I would look at him crazy. Then not only that, it, oh, not only went from there. He was not in. He did not want any kind of sex at all. So what his primary thing was, he wanted to really just beat. That was his whole thing. He, he. I guess he got a kick, a kick out of abusing people actually. Mm. And I couldn't help but understand, but realize and notice that whoever he had done this with must have been someone else. Because he did mention that he had had some, he has dealt with certain men that were in an Atlanta area. So I had assumed that must have been where he must have his mentality. Now, I do not talk to him to this day, but it has opened my eyes to see where people really do have a very messed up way of, I guess, gaining pleasure. Now, I'm not shaming anyone for that, but at the same time, when you put yourself in a situation where you are expressing some form of aggression that may end up compromising a person's ability to receive pleasure or feel desirable, I just have to draw the line on that. And I let him know that I was not interested in that at all because that's just not something I'm really with at all. Mm, I get that. Um, like like you said, uh, it's not a, a thing of shaming, but if it is something that does compromise another person's uh, sense of pleasure, then that's just not the thing to be going through. Um, most definitely, like, I think of, like, you know, I'm huge in, uh, a huge fan of BDSM, um, mm-hmm. torture play, um, some of the abuse play I'm open to, but in those situations, the, that abuse is all consensual and is gradual. And if you're not willing to introduce that in a in small, um, you know, sessions with somebody and you're just going out and your full attention is to actually make a person hurt and harm them, then you probably should not be in that space with uh, a lot of people unless that's a, somebody who really, really just wants to get beat up. Um, exactly. Find a boxer and enjoy that. Um, oh, yeah. Even them, they don't, they are not in that profession to get hurt. They're in that profession to win and they enjoy fighting. So mm-hmm. it's like find somebody who just likes to get beat on uh, for pleasure. And even at that, acknowledge the fact that that's still something that needs to be built up um, because you cannot just, uh, introduce to some completely new person that, oh, I want to punch you uh, full fist uh, with all the might that I have in my body. Hell no, I'm punching back. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not, no, you have to, you have to move into that very, very slowly. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know exactly how I would have responded in that situation, but uh, I know of my current mentality, it would have mm-hmm. been one of those, yeah, we're not doing this. <laughs> yeah, and see, um, I think, and I will be honest with you, I think I was poking the, I was really poking the beehive. The reason why I said that was because I was curious about how far away he take it. So mm-hmm. I did try to get more, know more about what is his reasoning behind it. 
it was just that he's a very sadistic kind of individual. He really was. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing was what I noticed between the, the dynamics within their relationship, they have a very dysfunctional relationship. I think it's to the point where he likes to be in control in general. And I think because he doesn't receive enough attention that he would like, as opposed to his spouse, his spouse receives a lot of attention. I think to the point where he actually is jealous of that. Mm. Because there has been plenty of times where his spouse has expressed that he can't even have no kind of hookups with anybody else because of the fact that he's always, as I quote, cock blocking. That's what he says. And I told him, well, I agree with you because he's very insecure about himself. And if he has to abuse someone in order to find meaning and being empowered, then that's not something that he should not be around. But that my thing is this, it's not my place, but I did express that, you know, that's the thing that you have to deal with, not mm-hmm. me. I don't have to deal with that. Ain't like, that. Personally, me, I would have to cut his dick off. I'm just being <sighs> Oh, my God. <laughs> that was escalation. I was not ready for that. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, no. <laughs> Y'all, please don't be out here cutting dicks off. Please don't. Please don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> leave the relationship, <laughs> people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> leave the relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> protect the dicks protect the dicks <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that disregard it disregard it I'm done I'm done what but look you've you been real you've been honest so look I accept it but like yeah that that is I don't know what to say because yeah. like when it comes to one you cop blocking your own partner um my first thing like yeah it's time for you to go ahead and get the fuck up out of here honestly because mm-hmm. this is not a well-balanced uh relationship this <laughs> um your partner has insecurities that they need to deal with and uh either help them deal with those insecurities or get the fuck out and by helping them i mean make sure that they get the therapy that, that they need and deserve um sure. but if if they're not willing to work on themselves get the fuck out because ain't no way Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We, we all deserve to have true happiness in our in our relationships because uh, our partners are the people that we choose to be in relationships with. And if you feel as though that is incorrect, reevaluate your relationships. Because exactly. <laughs> look, call me Ash, catch a motherfucker because I choose you. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> uh-uh. We are not uh, I, we're not demanding to be in relationships. We are not uh, holding people into our relationships. We're not holding people hostage in relationships. We are choosing to be with the person every single day is a, is a choice. I understand there are some people who are trapped. Uh, I just pray that you find your escape. That's that's all I can say on that end. But other than that, it's a choice. It is definitely a choice. Um, now, uh, another thing that we were um, talking about was like how there's a the the, the double standard related to sex workers, um, and I know a lot of that deals with how, like for me, when I think of the double standard. Uh, I mostly come from the side of how are we how are we to judge people for being open and honest and truthful in their sexual expression on camera and many of us are not able to do that within our own bedroom with our own partners or even we are having sex with our own partners not on camera so why judge those who do because we're all fucking out here exactly exactly you're right about that 
there's a huge double standard on that because a lot of people I feel like some of them feel like they're self-righteous some people there are some people feel self-righteous about that belief system but there are some people I will say in this aspect too some people do see sex as something sacred and I understand that it is something sacred because it's a sacred exchange of energy so I know it's a sacred moment I do respect where that comes from however don't put your in a put yourself in a place where you're judging someone and you can be easily judged as well. So I think that does need to be expressed as well because sex is not a secret. Sex is something that is universal. Everyone does it. And I think they should be able to be accepting of that instead of passing judgment. Learn from the experience because what I see from people who does it on camera is not only that they're open, but they're also vulnerable. They're receptive towards life itself. They just so how open-minded that they are, and that's how it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. They are confident. There is everything to that nature. Also, it's a moment. Everybody don't realize sex is the, you're living in the moment. Mm. And some people would like to relive that moment because anything can happen. So I do respect and understand why people like to be on camera and doing that. I don't have nothing against it. Mm. It's something very interesting. It's something very worthwhile. You know, some people just, just like that. So I think there's nothing wrong or people should not be so quick to ridicule someone because of that. Amen. Because what, you, what you do in your bedroom is not what someone's going to be willing to do in their bedroom. Don't worry about it. If that's not, if it's not going on in your bedroom, don't worry about it. Sure. But yeah, that is a, that is a perfect example of double standards because some people do treat that. They just, I don't know. No, you speak. You are speaking a word today, cause like it, I, I be getting so bothered by the. Uh, well, I used to get bothered. These days, I'm just like I can tell that your sex life is very unhappy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I used to get so bothered by the uh, amount of hate I will see towards people who are in the sex work industry, and I'm just like, why are you upset? Like, like you said, uh, a lot of sex workers are one confident, um, but being um, being very vulnerable because to be a sex worker and as well show your face, show your body, show your appendages, your um, private areas, you are exposing yourself to so many people to look upon your body. Um, and some may love what they see and some may hate what they see. And you have to deal with all of that <laughs> every time you produce any kind of content and right. that level of vulnerability is something that most people aren't brave enough to step into not saying that they have to but you right. still have to respect that that is still a moment of bravery that mm-hmm. uh, in the culture that we live in that they're because um, we have to uh, ascribe these labels to everybody they are activists in this moment <laughs> you might oh, as well yeah. say they yeah, are they're they're making a message they with their work they are making statements they are doing things that uh, other people find uncomfortable but they love to indulge in or that they are like you said like we were talking about consuming on a regular Mm -hmm. basis like don't act like this is something completely new when you were just watching it last night Uh, you know on top of that i hate the fact that um sex work um does get a very negative rap when it comes to what someone may be doing off hours um like 
outside of like the typical nine to five job. Like if I'm a teacher or if I'm a professor, if I am a clergyman and if I'm uh, an administrator, CEO, whatever the position is, and I'm doing sex work on the side, if you see this, um, the videos, why are you trying to make sure I get fired for doing things that adults can do? You make the statement mm -hmm. because my children might see your videos. Why do you not have parental control on your internet? Why do you not have these things to block that content from your children so that they are unable to view it? Why don't you know how to utilize those things on your services that you have to prevent your child being exposed to anything that you don't want them to see. That is your choice as a parent in that moment, or your choice as a consumer, if you don't have kids, to not indulge in that content. It does not impact what I do during my nine to five job. This is me working in my free time. Are you going to um, say I need to get fired for having a completely separate job that does not expose my body? Are you going to tell me I need to um uh, resign from my job because I'm working from Uber as a second job. No, but you have the, you feel as though you have the right that to say I need to be fired solely because I'm doing sex work on the side. Fuck out of here. I agree. And this is another thing that really rattles me. People fail to realize that as humans, we're multidimensional. So we have very much different ways of expressing ourselves. And there are different ways that we have to advocate for ourselves. And we have to realize that. The problem is, and I think this is what's going on within Western, in Western society, they are so fixated on, they have tunnel vision. They are fixated on one point of view of a person because mm. that thing with them is something that they idolize the most. But if it's something that, I'm going to be honest with you, there are sometimes that if there's something that they really like to the point, it's a point of obsession. And if they despise that, they're going to find some type of way to demonize it and turn it to something even less than what it actually is basically they're gonna make a anthill out of a mountain basically mm -hmm. that's the point that i have met many people many people expect you to be one dimensional while the person themselves are multi-dimensional so yes the person is an instructor yeah they definitely know how to educate people but they probably even better at educate people in bed probably they're good at sex in bed and what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that Not that's just their that's just on their part. That's just on their time. They just have to realize and respect that. But the problem is people have people around here have tunnel vision. And I have met many people who are like that. So it's quite unfortunate because they just want to see you as a person that they would like to see. Not what you want them to see yourself as, but what they want to see. You better have me acting up because that is the one thing that I... I, I hate so much in um, like the Western civilization mindset is the monolithic behavior, our belief system that we often try to ascribe to a lot of people as that, like you said, are, as though we are not multidimensional. Like mm -hmm. that's why we get the concept that all black people are supposed to be this one thing. And we've been arguing that fact that we are not a monolith and stop trying to make us that. Um, exactly. and, but that is, that is the culture that we live in where you have to be a certain image. And that image is quite frankly, um, provided by the white straight man or even when it comes to queer spaces it's still within the 
dies are under the lens of the straight white man and look this is something that i am researching independently is how like when it comes to porn um we still operate in those spaces uh, most definitely when it comes to like um well-produced pornography um we, where everything uh, has a heterosexual undertone why you why you might see a lot more feminine bottoms in the porn space and masculine tops um, because that is the interplay that people are used to rather than the uh, opposite right uh, exactly. or you might see when it comes to trans porn um, um you'll have mostly trans women uh, who are who are still penis owners that uh are topping or penetrating um masculine men uh is not in a way to emasculate or anything like that but it's easier to see that as pegging rather than having the uh a female uh are uh how, how to word this properly a uh, vulva owner um uh, i see that as a security blanket honestly that oftentimes that's why i usually coin that as security blanket what Whenever men oftentimes want to deal with men who are more feminine in nature, mm -hmm. which is nothing wrong with that, I oftentimes would say that they use their feminine, the men, they use a masculine man as a form of security blanket because that gives them comfort in knowing that they're dealing with someone who's feminine. And that mm -hmm. does reinforce that conditioning that we grew up on that is supposed to be normal because that's the normal way of society viewing. Mm -hmm. So that's why oftentimes when I encounter men who oftentimes will like to say, oh, you know, you'll be even better if you're in a dress or just say certain things like that. I'm like, um, well, you know what? This is not going to work because you're not going to sit here and continue to emasculate me. If I want to dress the way I want to dress, I'll dress like that because it's my personal choice. But don't right. sit here and do something such as trying to emasculate me simply because you're not securing your own sexuality mm. so basically you're so quick to emasculate me through doing things such as making me into someone more feminine when clearly you're the one with the issue because you're just using me as a security blanket you're using the feminine items as a way to help you feel more secure and feel, make you feel more comfortable in what you're doing or what you feel ashamed of doing mm. so yeah it is i noticed that people don't really realize that that people most men would do that because it's a security blanket for them. It makes them feel secure. And you know, uh, granted, I am so appreciative of the show and I love its purpose. Um, the show pose, it wasn't until after that show came out and things became a lot more mainstream about, you know, supporting trans women and um, trans men and whatnot. Before then, I always saw... Um, well, not always. Uh, uh, the majority of times of me exploring some of these sex-related apps, um, you, I will still see, you know, the no fats, no films, no old people kind of thing, and um, uh, I also see the statements that if I wanted a woman, I'll date one um to to double down on the fact that they don't want anything that's feminine they really want masculine and then um there was a i swear i swear after pose uh after like season two i start seeing a lot more people opening up which i'm happy for to experiencing sex with trans men and trans women 
Mm-hmm. But uh, these same individuals uh, are like only trans, only uh, yeah, just only trans. Uh, which, you know, if that is your preference, that is perfectly fine. I'm not judging you mm-hmm. on that. But I'm like, what made this shift happen? Again, I'm happy for that shift. But mm-hmm. is it, like you said, for the security blanket that, okay, I'll <laughs> actually, that show that um, with um, Dominique, what's her name on there? What's her name? Electra. 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 When Electra uh, was in, in the penthouse with her uh, with her uh, sponsor, oh, dude, literally said he wants her to keep her penis because uh, he loves the fact that he's getting away with something that other people don't know. And I feel as though that is something similar to why a lot more men within queer spaces are more. Uh, leaning towards trans people now is because they want they want that little secret uh of mm-hmm. you know getting away with something uh and i i hope that if that is their purpose that they uh actually shift their mindset and appreciate mm-hmm. their trans partner for who they are and not yeah. as an actual secret because that's a disrespect towards them and who they are because they should you should be proud of who your partner is regardless of just because they can pass in public and people don't know that they're dicking you down at, at home. That's inappropriate. That is disrespectful in my it eyes. It is. Um, but um, I don't know how we got, oh, we were talking about dimensions. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, and I, I think uh, in relation to that, uh, like the monolith uh, mindset, even within queer spaces, um, there was a point where everyone was trying to say all studs have to be the same, uh, all femme. Uh, have to be the same, saying studs can't date studs, film can't date film. Of course, Black LGBT, um, just like fuck whatever the hell y'all are talking about because the amount of film-film relationships I saw, the stud-stud relationships I saw, the stud film, Mm -hmm. at least within those spaces, it was beautiful. I loved seeing it. Um, But inside of the male queer spaces, it was a little bit uh, Black male queer spaces. It was a lot sticking with that same, well, I wasn't sticking with it, but but uh, I've noticed a lot more of sticking with that monolithic idea that all bottoms are supposed to be this, all tops supposed to be this, mm-hmm. all verse can do whatever they want to do. Uh, and then that was, and I will say even to this day, I, I have not seen any shake in that belief. A lot of people are still trying mm-hmm. to hold true to that monolithic uh, aspect of sexual expression. I'm just like, why are y'all so limited? <laughs> we are within the lgbtq plus community why are we not educating ourselves on sexuality what have you all been doing these years and i agree because actually what's so crazy about it is that sex itself is actually very fluid Mm, it is it's very fluid because think about we're exchanging fluid saliva secretions anything sperm anything like that people don't really equate it to like the fluidity of sex itself Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, why should you treat it as something that's just something monolithic? You don't supposed to treat it like that. Just treat it as how it is. It's supposed to be flowing. It's supposed to be free flowing for freedom of expression. That's mm-hmm. how it should be. But unfortunately, people cannot get with that because they're not really, really ready to step out of their comfort zone. They're not really ready to explore that. And I think that's really sad and very telling with some of the people that are in certain spaces because 
of the how they express themselves with their belief systems. Mm-hmm. That's why oftentimes you have a lot of discrepancies with people like that because it's not oftentimes it's not the other person; it's them within themselves. Mm. Because they're going against that, they're going against what they have been taught. They're going against what they feel like that's going something that's going to create some kind of chaos within them. So oftentimes, it's not the other person; it's just them. It's just a personal issue, and that's why I had to learn the hard way. Because oftentimes, I would take it personal, but I'm starting to learn slowly that these people have their preferences because it's what they have been raised on. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, they don't have a mind of their own; they're like sheep. If you cannot even have the have the audacity to challenge what you have been taught, then why are you in my presence? I don't have no need for you. Oh, Lord. That, that, mm, mm. Oh, you, you, you spoke to a, uh, some part inside of me in that moment. Oh, my God. You said, if you are not willing to <laughs> think for yourself, essentially, why are you in my presence? But really, though. Uh, there, there's a lot of sheeple out here. It is a lot of sheeple. And uh, even so, there's this one person that I recently found on my freak Twitter. And I'm like, oh, my God, you are very attractive. I like you. Uh, and they live in Atlanta. And I'm like, let me join in on this hoeing um, that we have and reach out to this person to engage in, you know, conversation let them know that i actually find you very attractive um and i wouldn't mind pulling up on you and see what we what kind of fun things we could do Uh, and i also want to play video games with you too like we could do all these things um what's up but even having the conversation with them about uh, i brought up okay would you like to discuss sexual sexuality like what we like and they didn't know how to respond to it and i'm like okay, <laughs> now I have to have this, and I even offer it. I can, I don't mind letting you know my likes and dislikes, but right. I hope me ex, ex, uh, exposing you to this uh, stuff or letting you know this makes you reflect and think about, oh, what is it that I really do like when I do have sex with other people? Because like I even told them, I'm not trying to pull up uh, and not have a uh, consensually pleasurable well i can't well con- well definitely it's going to be consensual but mutually pleasurable sexual experience with anybody because i've done that before it's old and i'm tired of mediocre i don't want it i want to have pleasure in my sexual encounter like i i even posted on my um my little freak twitter account i was like look i've had more pleasurable sexual encounters with other bottoms than I have with verse and top motherfuckers. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> on the side note, I'm going to be honest with you. On the side note, not trying to disturb you, but bottoms are very much more, I would say, they will give you a good time. They'll give you a great time. Mm-hmm. Like, mofo, step your game up. What are, what are y'all doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, and I love it here. If, if you can't beat where I'm mm-hmm. at, then I, you're not going to win me over. It's fun here. I'm having fun. Uh, <laughs> but like um, that, well, to transition into something else that we were uh, talking about uh, in our intake meeting before we wrap up uh, the show and whatever, um, and, you know, go to the questions. Um, we were talking about uh, the different dimensions related to being a sex worker. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. mostly in terms of like how there are different things that it's not just being on the pole, it's not just being um, 
a, a victim of sex trafficking. Um, that's completely separate, of course. And then there is not about being somebody who's in adult filmmaking. Uh, it's a very diverse thing. Um, what are some of the dimensions that you yourself are aware of when it does come to like sex workers? Mm, that's a very good question because I'm going to be honest with you. I want to become more educated on it myself because mm -hmm. honestly speaking, oftentimes when you listen to other people and their perspective on it, it's not something that sometimes some people, not all people, they only express their dislikes, their bias towards it. They don't ever provide a full range of ideas or depth to what they think because of the fact that it just validate through their own opinions. Mm. I need education. I need knowledge to know what is going on. And that's one of the things I always want to educate myself on, on the whole thing with racial disparities, on what people who are more likely to come to do themselves, you know, to commit to doing sex work. Also, I would like to learn more about what form of empowerment, what ways do it help them empower themselves in some aspects? Hmm, I like that. Well, uh, let's see what I have. Uh, well, in terms of like on the education side, um, there's like you have you, you, actually sex education um, is a, I'll say a niche within sex work. So um, that is definitely something that I personally consider sex work. Uh, mm -hmm. Sex coaching is definitely sex work, even if you are um, only focusing on body work that's also sex work and when I say body work I mean more not necessarily massage because that's that does fall under the category of body uh, of sex work I mean a body work um, but in terms of the sex work side is helping people understand their bodies more as it relates to sex um, right. that can be learning different techniques to masturbate yourself it can be um, having ownership in your body uh, one of the things if I actually start building this workshop or this retreat is to uh, have have a retreat where um, myself and my guests go through the phases of um, bodily autonomy, um, going from, you know, a group counseling session, actually, that's going to be last. Uh, what is it? Start with a foot massage, then full body massage, uh, acupuncture, then a nice um, bath, um, that way you've already worked on the full the body side of things and then it uh, switches over to the spiritual and mental side so a group counseling session or coaching session whichever one um uh reiki to uh, work on your energy and then uh after that just a pull a full play party but there's also going to be other things in there but that is also something that can be considered as sex work too. Um, you have, uh, I think I already said sex coaching. You have also, like I mentioned earlier, the entertainment side of things. Um, what else? It's, it's very broad. It's a very broad field that a lot of people often don't, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, because I'm not going to lie to you. That was one of the things that I want to be more educated on myself because I know it's very broad and a lot of people underestimate it. They just think it's, oh, it's just about sex. No, it's more than that. It's very, it's more to it than that. That's why I was, did not know what to exactly place with that. 
Mm-hmm. So I do want to learn as I go. Yeah. Oh, I just remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, making dildos is a part of sex work too. <laughs> Ooh, actually, I wanted to learn how to make that myself because you can't make it out of soap. You can't make it into soap. Mm. Ooh, that would. Ooh, you now. Not that you're giving me ideas of things. We'll talk about this after the call. <laughs> People gonna be yes, like, because um, I, yes, because actually I had thought of some ideas behind that. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, ooh, I said I kind of like this. I said, ooh, yeah. And also, ooh, one more thing. Not trying to get you too caught up with it, but well, maybe I am. But okay, like. <laughs> You can make also. I thought about this, like you know, how some people like make jello shots and things like that. I also thought about something related to like making a peanut, a dildo shot where you can actually like make a jelly filled dildo with like with you know, with mm-hmm. liquor in it or something like that. I was just thinking of different ideas just to have fun with it because I think it's there's a lot you can do. It is now, I don't know for sure that exists, it might, but it might not. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm here for they it. Got gummy, they got they got gummy dildos. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anything possible. Anything's possible. Look, I I was thinking about you know uh, a dick syringe just to facilitate that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just be looking at people um, taking a shot out out of a um, dick syringe is just funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So now that we're taking shots out of dick syringes and whatnot, let's see what else we have not done yet uh, with a little bit of never have I ever. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Uh, Never have I ever. Well, I know I have on this one. Sorry. Never have I ever had sex while I was really drunk. I have never done that. I'm not much of a drinker. And plus the times that I have actually drunk something, I don't know. I just don't feel intoxicated. Mm, I feel you. That that sounds like you have a very high tolerance for alcohol. Honestly. Yeah, because I <laughs> yeah because I was like, and I and I actually tried, and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I guess because I don't have no kind of desire to be drunk or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It may be a mind thing, but I just I guess because of that, I just can't experience the whole thing of being drunk when people talk about it. I was like, oh, well, I don't know. What the hell y'all talking about? Yeah, we speaking a whole different language. Look, I was I, like, I said, good for y'all, though. God damn. Look, I I will say it's not worth it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know I've drank uh, a lot in the past and had my feel. It's just like, I don't want to be super drunk. I never actually wanted to be super drunk until I right. wanted to like keep up with everybody else. Right. Um, that's how I learned. I have a very high tolerance, but um i will rather just be chill i love i love a good margarita though i love mm-hmm. to just go to a place have a couple of drinks and just be great and just be happy but the drinks don't have to always be there like i even know once i do settle down and start raising kids and whatnot i don't plan on going to any restaurants that have alcoholic beverages with my children because i don't want them to be around that um which means there's a lot of restaurants that oh, that just serve alcohol, which annoys me. But uh, I, I feel like those spaces with alcohol there are not the proper places for kids um, because I don't want to socialize my kids of thinking that's the only way that you have fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that they know that you have a lot more. And that's pretty much how I was before I started drinking. 
is mm-hmm. to go out and enjoy myself to have fun without the influence of alcohol and it's really it's really not it doesn't really for myself it never really well okay sometimes it did enhance the fun that I was having but not too often uh it's great to play drinking games i'm not gonna lie um mm-hmm. but getting super drunk is not the move um the concept of binge drinking is horrible uh it's unhealthy extremely mm-hmm. unhealthy but like well-balanced control while drinking and having a good time with your friends oh yeah do that shit it's fine but not to get drunk um mm-hmm. <laughs> so another one Never, never have I ever had sex in a quiet public location, such as a library or a museum. Mm, my sex life is boring. I have not done that. Only thing, only time I had sex somewhere would probably be in someone's basement, mm-hmm. and their fan, and their brother, their brother was actually living. They were actually up. So, mm. I um. I want a basin when I grow up, honestly. When I grow up, like I'm not already a whole ass adult. When I um, get the uh, finances to do so, I do want a basement. Um, but outside of that, uh, I've had public sex before. It was at a park. Um, I also, uh, so there was this time when I was just, you know, a little bit of exhibitionist and I did not whip it out or anything. I did not. There was nobody else around me. These were the days of the, the beautiful and wonderful Tumblr porn. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> I remember those days. I remember. So um, during those days, those beautiful days, uh, I was at uh, at the school library. Um, I was also um, like, I think I was 19 at the time, but I was at the school library, uh, was supposed to be doing homework. And then I was like, you know what, let's go on to Tumblr, because uh, I don't know what it is that got me all kinds of Ramsey baby uh, <laughs> got me feeling some type of way so I log into uh, Tumblr went to my favorite porn account and start you know scrolling down looking at stuff and I'm looking over my corner of, of the computer like okay nobody's in here nobody's around nobody can see me I minimize the um screen a little bit um to where you can't really see everything that's there but you can see some stuff and I kind of just rubbed myself off um like above my pants and whatever until I came and that was actually very a very exciting moment in my life oh my (laughs) (laughs) would I try it again no I'm in my adult adult ages Mm -hmm. I know a lot better (laughs) know better and do better now if it was a library that's funded by sex workers and whatnot for the purposes of doing stuff like that then of course I'd be up in every fucking day (laughs) you know I'm surprised they have not done that by now I think they can do a lot of research behind that look I agree Mm -hmm. this is why people know I cannot Look, if I'm a billionaire, mm-hmm. there will be a lot of sex-focused <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. I will love to purchase a whole town. That's this only purpose is to 
dive deep into sexual expression. Everything's consensual and you understand that from the moment you come in. Nobody can gain entrance that's um, under the age of 21. Actually, under the age of 25 because 21 year olds be acting up. Um, we want to make sure your brain is fully developed. No um, oh, wow. <laughs> one under the age of 25. And it's just enjoying yourself. We have adult workers. Uh, we have uh, all of that great stuff. Education. It's going to be a thing, y'all. It's going to be a thing. Y'all heard it first on the Holy Loki podcast. It's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, would you like a sex question? Um, yes, that's fine. I don't mind. All right. Have you ever had a one night stand? If yes, how many? Oh, oh no. So I gotta tell my body count. Oh. <laughs> Look, I don't even remember my body count. I stopped at 10. Oh yeah, because oh I had plenty. So especially up in a different state up north. Oh god, that was very interesting. Oh. Yeah, I did have one nice thing. The one I mentioned earlier, that was one of them. Mm. The other one, let's see. Now, this one was actually about a month ago, but this was actually in Augusta. Now, we have not ever spoke to each other again. Now, he had made several attempts to contact me as far as wanting to link up, but because our schedule kept conflicting, I couldn't link up with him no more. Mm. It was unfortunate because he was actually one of my favorites, but that's neither here or there. But most of my one night stands, they were actually pretty bummy. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you, they were pretty bummy. There was, yeah, they were pretty bummy. The one that I remember, I, I remember from one was the time when it was about a year ago, and this was actually during the holiday season. And the reason why I say it was kind of bummy because the fact that the guy was very rushed, he was he was rushing me for one. So it really kind of just messed up everything for me. I just was not in feeling it or anything like that. And it was not all like what I was expecting. So I think that's why I was just not as excited as I was about it. So I don't know. Hmm. Well, I will say for myself, I've had plenty. Um, don't have a look. I, like I said, I stopped my, doing my body count at the 10. And that mm-hmm. 10 happened like within the year after I um, lost my virginity. So the, the potty count just doesn't exist. <laughs> um, divide the shit by zero. It does not exist. Um, but I will say, uh, I whenever I do actually hook up with um, people, it is with the intent that there will be a, another go round. Uh, because you know, sometimes you, you might not have that A1 energy at the time. Um, so it's like, if not, we can see what, what happens the next time we meet up. I don't mind giving somebody a second chance. Uh, if the second chance is a fail, it's just like, yeah, it's just not going to work out, fam. But um, but essentially, if uh, if it's something bummy that I'm just like, yeah, this just absolutely cannot happen again, I don't entertain it. <laughs> I like Those are the uh, most disappointing um, sexual experiences, and I if I don't count you in my body like an additional body, just know that you will never get another <laughs> chance with me. Like it is, yeah. Mm-mm. I completely understand. Like there's been a few, and I realized. I think this was in 2018 or something. 
2018. Yeah, it was 2017, 2018, one of those years that whenever I have, okay, whenever I have a very, very good sexual experience, I'm more thirsty than hungry. Um, so I probably might want to get something to drink. Now, if it's a horrible sexual experience and I did not appreciate it, um, my thing before I recognize this with myself would be to go grab some, something to eat uh, and look just so that meal could be a little bit more satisfying than the sex I just had. Oh, wow. Yeah. And once I realized that, I was like, damn, subconscious me is hella disrespectful because, wow. <laughs> like, who does that? That's not okay, Vernon. But I don't do that anymore, I think. I, well, I, I don't. I don't. I haven't. I haven't done that recently. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> On that note, now that people realize, oh my God, Vernon, you was low-key a little bit brutal. Oh my. Oh, yeah. Um, now that that is out there, do you have any last words that you'd like to share with the audience? I would like to say thank you so much for tuning in to this current podcast. I would like to wish y'all a happy and great day and stay safe and just stay well and just stay in sexually enlightened. Yes. Oh, and speaking of sexual enlightenment, y'all motherfuckers better remember that whole November is coming up. There's going to be some special shit coming out for y'all. A lot of fun, a lot of conversations and greatness. Season one is coming to an end. And guess what? We got season two coming up next year. Y'all motherfuckers better get the fuck ready. On that note, thank you all so much for listening to the Holiloquy podcast where we step and step out and speak about sexuality. Just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of joy and happiness. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May, may each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.